0: Dot, dot, dot. Douche, douche, douche. Dot, dot, dot. Why do history's great scientific minds so often turn out to be douchebags? None of them ever seem that way at first glance. On the surface, they always seem like enlightened individuals, great minds ahead of their time, at the forefront of their field, thinkers who did not buy into commonly accepted beliefs and instead disproved them at every opportunity, ultimately changing history. Under the surface, though, douches. Science does not seem like a field that would attract D-bags. Politics, sports, law, sure, I get that. Those D-bags want to D-bag up their respective fields for power and fame and money, all of which ultimately lead to sex with hot chicks. I like to think that the type of person who is drawn to science does so for the sake of human knowledge, though. And don't get me wrong, a lot of scientists are in it for the betterment of society, but it seems like the really famous ones aren't. The gold standard of famous douchery in the scientific community is probably Thomas Edison. I've written about Thomas Edison before, but suffice it to say, at one point rather than admitting he was wrong, he electrocuted an elephant. Just to give an example. I've got douchebaggery on the mind because I've been reading a lot about Guillermo Marconi since discussing his bog exploits last week. And, well, sorry Italy, but the dude sounds like he was a bit of a d-bag. Not sure what the Italian word for douchebag is. If I had to guess, it's probably La bagia. Guillermo Marconi was born on April 25th, 1874. He was the second son of Giuseppe Marconi, an Italian aristocrat, and Annie Jameson, of Jameson and Sons Whiskey fame. Between the aristocratness and the booze, Googly had a pretty cushy upbringing. As a kid, Marconi didn't do well in school and was privately educated by his neighbor, Augusto Riggi, who was a physicist at the University of Bologna. Righi researched with Heinrich Hertz, of, uh, Hertz fame. Not the car rental place. The other one. The one that measures frequencies. After reading about Hertz's work, Marconi took an interest in electromagnetism. So much so that he began conducting electromagnetic radiation experiments in his home with the help of his butler, Mignani. Mignani is sort of the Alfred to Marconi's Bruce Wayne, in that they both took care of spoiled kids growing up and neither of them seemed to have a last name. By the time he turned 20, Marconi's experiments were beginning to pay off, and Mignani had developed cancer from all the radiation exposure. Just kidding. Or am I? First, Marconi managed to send a signal wirelessly across the room, then across his swank villa outside of Bologna, then over a mile away from home. Shit was getting real. Marconi knew he was onto something, so he wrote to the Ministry of Posts and Telegraphs in Italy, who promptly ignored Marconi completely. La serious guia? Yeah? This sort of endears me to Marconi. On the one hand, I do like the idea of this spoiled brat not getting his way and getting shot down by the man. On the other hand, the man is clearly retarded in this instance because the spoiled brat was transmitting information through thin air. Anyway, after getting shot down in his home country, Marconi said, Fuck a Uwa, and hightailed it to London, where they welcomed his technology with open arms, granted him a patent for wireless telegraphy, and he founded the Wireless Telegraph and Signal Company in 1897. Suck it, Italy. Now, unfortunately, entrepreneurs are right up there with politicians, athletes, and lawyers when it comes to douchebaggery, and Marconi wasted no time douching it up. The longest-range radio telegraph transmission at this point was 80 miles. Impressive, but people were sending wired telegraphs across the Atlantic Ocean. More impressive. With the wireless telegraph and signal company's livelihood on the line, Marconi declared he could, Totes send a signal across the Atlantic, yo, check it. My Italian is a little rusty, so that quote might be a little off. So in 1901, six years before he set up shop in a bog in Ireland, Marconi sent a signal from Cornwall, England to the Newfoundland coast. Allegedly. Here's where the douchebaggery comes into play. So no third party actually witnessed this transmission on the receiving end in Newfoundland. It was just Marconi and his assistant. Not Mignani, he was dead. Or was he? This is a little shady, right? If you're sending a signal more than 2,000 miles across the Atlantic for the first time in history, shouldn't you get some other people involved? At least like a reporter and a photographer, maybe a clown in a bouncy castle or something? Uh, Apparently not. Shadier still, the science doesn't really check out. Marconi didn't know this at the time, but radio waves travel much farther at night than during the day. Something involving the ionosphere and God having unlimited nighttime minutes. Doesn't matter. Point is, Marconi's transatlantic transmission took place at noon, which more or less would have made a 2,000-mile transmission impossible given the technology he had at the time. So, uh, yeah. This is awkward. Now, just a year later, in 1902, Marconi had installed radios on board ships for ship-to-shore communication that definitely worked for hundreds if not thousands of miles, albeit only at night. So whether or not he actually transmitted anything in 1901 doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Still, it's a little douchey. Then again, hanging out with Mussolini doesn't really look great on the resume either. Wait, what? So yeah, after a couple decades in England, Marconi returned to Italy to become a fascist. You know, just cuz. Apparently Mussolini and him really hit it off, to the point where Mussolini was the best man at his wedding. For Marconi's second marriage, it should be noted. The one where he married a girl 26 years younger than him when he was 53. Not cool, dude. Not cool. Moral of the story? Marconi, cool dude, but ultimately just another dude in a long line of scientists who changed the world while also being kind of a jerk in the process. But hey, at least he didn't electrocute any elephants. Yeah, keep walking, Edison.